0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, July 26th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Farmers find out their MFP rates. Lighthizer hits Hill ahead of China talks. Hemp faces major agency hurdles. The new MFP. Did the USDA get it right this time? USDA officials hope the second time is charm. The 2018 version of the Trump administration's market facilitation program was heavily tilted towards soybeans, leaving significant disparities between commodities and regions. The new version is out now and there are still disparities, this time between counties as well as regions. The county payment rates vary from $15 an acre all the way up to $150 an acre, and there are significant variations between neighboring counties. And farmers within a county are going to get different payments if some could get their crops planted and others couldn't. Why it matters? Well, the top Republican of the House Agriculture Committee, Texas Representative Mike Conway, said every farm group is likely to have members that are really, really happy and folks who are generally disappointed because they didn't get higher payments. Iowa farmer Wayne Fredericks, a board member of the American Soybean Association, said he was satisfied with the package after a briefing by Bill Northey, USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. The meeting, quote, gave me confidence that they were trying to be very fair, Fredericks told AgriPulse. They were trying to really identify groups that were hurt, so I'm not going to argue with that fact. By the way, House Agriculture's Colin Peterson says... He was assured by USDA officials at a committee briefing on Thursday that they would release the data used to develop the county rates. New MFP spreads the benefits. Specialty crops like hazelnuts, pistachios, and walnuts didn't get the attention that grow crops did in the USDA's first trade aid package, but that's changed this time around. A much wider variety of crops is included in the USDA Second Market Facilitation Program, and that represents much-needed help, says California Walnut Commission Chairman Bill Carrier. We are appreciative to receive some relief for our growers who have been suffering from suppressed pricing since tariff retaliation began, Carrier said. Producers of walnuts as well as almonds, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, pecans and pistachios will receive $146 an acre under the new MFP. Cranberries, ginseng, sweet cherries and table grapes will all receive payments based on pounds of production. China now levies a 65% tariff on in-shell walnuts and a 60% tariff on walnut kernels. And that has cut U.S. exports by more than 50%. For much more on the Trade Assistance Package, read our coverage at com. House OK's Budget Deal The House has approved a budget agreement that would set spending caps for the 2020 and 2021 budget years and suspend the federal debt ceiling for two years. The Senate will vote next week. The House approved the deal relatively easily yesterday, 284 to 149. The agreement doesn't necessarily preclude another government shutdown when the new fiscal year starts October 1st, but a senior Republican appropriator doesn't think one is likely anyway. Representative Tom Cole of Oklahoma said, the fact that we came to a deal here suggests to me that no one wants to relive a government shutdown. The House and Senate Appropriation Committee still need to agree on spending limits for individual funding bills for FY20. Lighthizer meeting lawmakers on USMCA. U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer is going to be in China for trade talks for much of next week. So he's using what time is left this week on Capitol Hill to address remaining concerns over the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement before the August recess, a government official tells AgriPulse. Lighthizer met with lawmakers yesterday, and those talks will continue today, according to the official. Mexico's ability to ensure that it follows through with labor reforms remains a primary concern for House Democrats, according to Representative Rosa DeLario of Connecticut. She's a member of the trade working group set up by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to work on USMCA improvements with the White House. Mexico's government is sincere about improving labor standards that would in turn help prevent U.S. companies from sending factories south of the border. But enforcement measures are still needed to be added to the USMCA, she told AgriPulse. Hemp growers face major government hurdles senate hearing yesterday on industrial hemp has underscored the difficulty of the task facing federal agencies trying to implement provisions of the 2018 farm bill so growers will be able to plant hemp next spring one of the biggest obstacles facing growers is getting fda to legalize the use of cannabidiol or cbd in food and dietary supplements and FDA's principal deputy commissioner of food and drugs, Amy Abernathy, told the Senate AG Committee that her agency must investigate the potential safety implications of long term use of C B D by different human and animal populations. FDA is trying to expedite regulations on hemp and C B D, but first must shift through more than four thousand comments it received during a recent public comment period. Having crop protection tools is crucial for hemp growers as well. Kentucky hemp grower Brian Furnish told the committee there currently is no herbicide, insecticide, or fungicide approved for use on hemp. EPA's Assistant Administrator for Chemical Safety and Prevention, Alexandra Dunn, said her agency has received 10 requests from pesticide registrants to allow hemp to already existing labels. An interim final rule from USDA is now under interagency review at the Office of Management and Budget. Greg Ibaugh, Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, said he expected the rule to be out by early to mid-fall. GAO. USDA Nutrition Ed needs improvement. USDA needs to do better coordinate its nutrition education efforts in order to avoid overlap and duplication that according to the Government Accountability Office. according to the USDA officials on hand, coordinating nutrition education efforts has not been a priority in recent years, and there is no dedicated leader for them GAO says. This has resulted in limited coordination across USDA's nutrition education programs, including programs with similar target populations. In addition, some USDA nutrition experts aren't located in agencies or offices overseeing the nutrition education programs. And possibly because of this, program staff consult these experts on a limited basis, if at all, according to GAO. The department says it's working to implement a requirement in the 2018 Farm Bill to begin reporting annually on the level of coordination among its nutrition education programs. USDA maintains August 6th as end date for biotech comments. USDA is under pressure to extend the comment period on the proposed overhaul of its regulatory process for biotech crops, But the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service reiterated yesterday that the comment period will end as scheduled on August 6th. The changes to the Part 340 regulations would exempt some gene-edited crop traits from regulation if the modifications could be made through conventional plant breeding. Here's today's He Said It. It is something farmers may appreciate to keep their head above water, but the creeks continue to rise. That's Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts referring to ongoing trade tensions and the release of the Market Facilitation Program payment rates. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, July 26th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.